This is a country where the Secretary of Defense can go on TV and tell the American public, oh, that this is about freedom, it's not about oil. And nobody questions him because they don't want to hear the answer because it's a lie. There's only so many places at the table, Gunny. Now, are you on the inside or are you on the out? It's the FBI. It's going to be okay. Hold this. One of them betrays the principles. Of I don't think so, Senator. What are you doing? Saving our lives. That proved you were innocent. Nobody out here is innocent. This stuff's plutonium. Nobody can handle it without dying. You hand it over to the authorities, it's just going to disappear along with us. Unless you want to get buried in the hills outside Terralingua. I'm out, old man. I'm just a pecker who lives in the hills with too many guns. You happy? Woo! Where do you think you're going? Washington. You gonna shoot a sitting U.S. senator in the back? Lord knows I wanna. I didn't think so. Let him go. You got your rifle. From the beginning, they've always had your rifle. We're coming at the site. talk as much as you want, but in the end, you're going to die by lethal injection, and I'm going to go back to what I was doing. I won. You lost. Get used to the idea, son. Not your son. listening to they must be destroyed on site the following podcast contains adult language adult situations and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often you've been warned now take it away dr roush they must be destroyed on site that she's too good to dance with us too good to dance with us this time i was focused on my drink <laughs> you're, fo- you're focused on your fucking phone is what you were focused on I um a picture of my drink because i just filled the whole can in the glass i was very impressed but it was like doing that thing so i was trying not to spill over and i was looking to see if i could fit more or- sure that, that, that's a lot of explanation for just not giving a shit i, I get it it's fine it's a uh glass it is, yeah. That is that a is that a sort of Caesar pre-made thing or something or what is it St- sweet tooth? Okay, a pumpkin spice. Lo- Jesus Christ! I want to try it. Pumpkin spice. Yeah, October was the time to try that. Well, there's no date on it, so it must be it's good forever. 
Yeah, that that must be true. Uh, uh, this is They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, episode 273, and I'm your host, Lee, facing a review from the Office of Professional Responsibility, Russell. I'm joined by my co-hostess with the Moses, the lovely Lee. I'm going to do all those whippets and pass out Hardy. How are you doing? I, uh, I have a story. I think it's funny about whippets, because... Um... Oh boy! Went to a, I went to a friend's place. I'm not going to give any names of any of this, but I went to a friend's 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 place, and mm-hmm. uh, I was just introduced to them. And I walked downstairs, and they were making whippets. And the guy was like, "Oh, okay, we're just going to let her down here then." And I guess I wasn't supposed to see that. So you weren't supposed to see the one of the most desperate junkies in the world, you know, where it's like I get high from nitrous oxide off of fucking whipped cream cans. I don't want to give away why or what, because, again, I don't want to give any details, but uh, I'll tell you another time when it's just you and I. <laughs> OK, OK, that, that sounds, sounds like a story. OK, uh, and we are guests, but we are uh, joined by a special guest who's been on here plenty of times before our good friend gary said that artificial sweeteners were safe wmds were in iraq and anna nicole married for love hill how you doing sir oh i'm fine um yeah i have whippet stories too but it's, it's more like one night and involved baptists and whatnot and mm-hmm. i yeah I'm not, I'm not going into that or, or religion or, you know, feeling my face coming down for five seconds for what? Because you get high for five seconds, right? Very, yeah. very few people want to, like, admit their whippet stories. I do know a certain individual who is also a fellow podcaster who has no shame when it comes to whippets. But uh, I, I just I just know someone who made them. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are talking about Shooter from 2007 this time out uh, this was my pick we uh we're if you're not aware we're doing the thing where every, every we're doing the thing where the thing. we do a movie and then the other person whoever's turn it is uh picks a actor preferably from the cast and then goes into their filmography and picks a film so and did they actually say Anna Nicole Smith, or was it a different actress or a different person? Because I thought it a different person. I can't remember the name, but I was no. The, she wasn't Anna Nicole Smith. They said Anna Nicole. I'm I'm assuming that was so they wouldn't get sued. Like you know, if, if you said I, Anna Nicole Smith, I heard Anna something. It was something different. It was like, or I don't even know if I heard Anna. I just heard a twi- totally different name. It was Anna Nicole. That, that's what they were referencing. It was 2007. It was that that was still a thing. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, Anna Nicole. She's dead now. But uh, I just wonder if it was like different versions. So they took out the name for legal reasons. That's what I'm. Oh, maybe you heard a different version. I I don't know. That that might be a thing. Where'd you watch it on? Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. That that could be a thing then. (laughs) That could be a thing. Before too, like when I have, because I have like the Charmed series. Uh, DVDs back in the day and now uh, when they were headed on Netflix I think it was Netflix uh, they changed a few things about it like they changed certain names and they changed certain music and they changed like different whatever so I guess it's for like legal reasons and copyright issues and all that kind of stuff Maybe, might be yeah might be yeah so. um 
but yeah, like I said, we're doing Shooter. Uh, my pick from last time was Ned Beatty. I went to his filmography. He was like, oh, Shooter. Shooter's a film I've wanted to talk about for a while. So that that's a good opportunity. It's a drastic change. <laughs> it is a drastic change from what we did last time. Yeah. yeah. Actually, honestly, the, all of our picks so far as, as we've been going has been have been drastic changes from movie to movie, which is, I think, a good thing. Like, I, I like that. I like. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't feel like this one's going to be as drastic. So I'm just putting this. No. But okay. I'm interested to watch this one. So the, the, the last time me and Lee talked about Ned Brady, he just pants down on both movies. So there you go. Mm hmm. Yeah, the at least he didn't pull his pants down in this movie, but you know, because <laughs> he he's, he's done it Just, more often than you would expect. Hypothetically, he might have. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if he got in a second glass of whiskey or whatever into him by the end of the film, he might have. I don't know. <laughs> he he might have he might have wanted the, some of that Bob Lee swagger uh, business, but uh, Bob Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, before we get into what we've watched in the last little while, I, I'll just briefly mention um, Lady Lee and I were on the excellent Mustachioed Podcastio a few weeks ago, and we did Violent City with uh, Charles Bronson and Jill Ireland and Telly Savalas, and it was all kinds of fun, and I listened to the episode, came out good. You should listen to it, too. It was really good. We had a lot of fun on that episode. We talked about the movie briefly and we spent a lot more time talking about like sex and all kinds of other a lot of sex talk in that one yeah i don't know why like a very active sex conversation well it is telly saval so he'll bring it out of you every time we were actually we were actually talking about how telly saval this was like probably the sexiest man in that that film sexiest of the 1970s I, i would argue uh Mr. Savalas, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, he's a good looking man back in those days. Yeah. He gave all of us baldies hope. That, okay, yeah. That's all I got to say. Um, but yeah, check that out. Uh, the link will be down in the show notes if you haven't listened to it yet. You know, it's it's been a, like a week between the last time we did an episode. So, you know, I did link it out in places, but I'll link it out again. You know, repeat business. Let's. <laughs> We were we were not able to record for a little bit because unfortunately I had no voice. <laughs> yeah, L- Lady Lee had uh, had a bad illness, and when she was recovering, she had this uh, really sexy like noir piano singer in a dingy bar voice that I was kind of hoping she was going to retain, but unfortunately she's gotten over that as well. So I, I got my voice was it like it took a while. Was it like Kathy Moriarty? Because I'm kind of turned on by that kind of thing, you know. I was I was liking it to like Kathleen Turner a little bit, kind of thing. You know, it, it had it had a nice kind of husky quality to it for a while. It was it was funny because I was calling Ryan Dollface as a joke. Yeah, <laughs> voice. I was like Dollface. Dollface. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't quite. It was. It wasn't quite Doctor Girlfriend from the Venture Brothers, but it was. <laughs> you know. I can't replicate it because it was just my voice, my throat just being fucked. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that if ever uh, I have some sort of throat infection, disease or something where my voice starts to go that you will find it attractive. Bonus. <laughs> I, 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 it just makes me feel like last October when we met up, I should have got you started on a strict whiskey regimen 
and by now we would have developed the voice to that whiskey point. whiskey and full flavored cigarettes just you mm-hmm. know. hey lee you've never smoked before here's a pack of cigarettes <laughs> i mean what better time to start than now i mean it, it's a very counterculture thing now um it's an old studio system trick it did, did julie judy garland too hey mm-hmm. just smoke them up judy come on now you know. <laughs> oh, she's a beautiful woman but uh yeah we can get on to what we watched in the last while uh, i'll throw it to you first lady lee if you have anything do you I forgot to ask you actually before the show. I watched the documentary on uh, what's her face. I can't never remember how to pronounce her first name, but Maxwell. Uh, yeah, Gizel, Gizlane, Maxwell, whatever fuck her name is. It's like the gut instead of a just, so it like messes me up. I am. I watched that. Um, I. I actually watched uh, a number of movies because I was sick, so mm. I wasn't doing much. And it's hilarious because, like, I can't really remember what I watched. Oh, I watched Penelope again. 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 Um, it's one of those like feel-good movies. Uh, wait, I already told you about this. Right? Yeah, you told me about this last episode. Yeah. Then never mind because I think I talked about it before. Yeah. After. I can't remember. I have a really bad short-term memory. Um, I powered through, or I mean, um, binge-watched uh, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I watched that, and I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was a good series. I liked how uh, they kind of took a different turn with it, because, like, all the movies, like, uh, the original movies, and the original series, original movie, um, was very campy very uh silly mm-hmm. but still had that like appreciation of like the gothicness and then um when you got into the movies in the 90s um they were more they were still in that campy but still they were a little more dark mm-hmm. compared to like the original and this one was like a turn where it's still like fun like they still have this like fun element to it but it very leans into the goth aspect like the aesthetic and I think I really do like that. I just like how it kind of didn't try to replicate what was, and they created what their own, but still had that like nature of um, that love the family has for each other. Mm-hmm. You don't really see, but they also because a lot of people complain about like the parents not being the same. I'm like, okay, but Wednesday's supposed to be the star, and they do a really good job at making Wednesday the star, like the main focus of the. And series. and Louis Guzman looks way more like the original Gomez Adams from the cartoon. They. And and it makes sense with, like, the background. They talk about, like, the history. And it makes more sense, like, how the way he looks compared to anybody else that they could have, like, would have picked from the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I just enjoyed it. I just thought... I appreciate how they took they talked about like the Mexican culture they kind of brought that up with like little bits of here and there of like why even though she's like super pale or sorry even though they're all people of color and you're like why are they people of color like well it makes fucking sense because they're Mexican so they actually talk about that they actually talk about the background and uh, okay so um, I don't know if you guys have seen the series but Wednesday does this dance and I have a friend who's uh, she's very goth I love this girl to death she's hilarious but she's like I gotta be that goth bitch <laughs> it's like she comes to work and she's always wearing corsets and like super fucking dark makeup and shit and I love it like she looks awesome and anyways she was talking about Wednesday's dance and she was saying how accurate it actually was like how many goth girls dance like that mm-hmm. so uh, I think they took the time to understand kind of like the goth culture in general like the goth uh, like yeah the goth aesthetic 
mm-hmm. kind of really make Wednesday because she did oh, such a good job. Like the actress who played Wednesday, just yeah, Jenna Ortega, who's like only twenty. So it's like I'm a little conflicted. Is like, should I have a boner right now? She's she seems maybe a bit too young at this point. <laughs> she does. They make her look young in the series, but mm-hmm. uh, she's absolutely stunning. Like in real life, she's like without everything. Because I was like, she's really attractive, and like I, I feel kind of weird because she's supposed to be sixteen, but no, she's twenty. We're all good. Thank- Thankfully, they have the uh, the Wednesday Adams. I grew up watching Christina Ricci in the series. It was like, and right with red hair. And I'm like, oh my god, what what are you, what are you doing to me, series? What are you doing? So how many times did you masturbate? (laughs) Well, I've only seen I've only seen three episodes so far, so it was only about forty times, forty times. (laughs) I saw. Okay, I love that they brought Christina Ricci in it too. Uh, I thought that was a very like nod to Wednesday because she did such a good job with Wednesday. Yeah, like she played such a fucking like depressed, down, emotionally unstable. Uh, teenage girl in like the orig- or the um, the nineties Wednesday. Or I, 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 Two movies, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just have this uh, massive appreciation that they toned down the parents and they toned down Pugsley um, because they were there, and I didn't think anything bad of them. I just realized that it was supposed to be a Wednesday. They didn't want any attention on the family. The family was there as like background. They were just like side characters that just came in on the occasion. Mm-hmm. The whole focus is supposed to be on Wednesday, and that's what I appreciate. They did it really well. Like they really did that. They really showed the connection of the family, the love that the family has for each other the love for the mother and the father um and um yeah i just i just enjoyed it i enjoyed how they made wednesday seem kind of normal but not really because she went to a school that was filled with like outcasts and uh, yeah yeah i hear it's great but it has one of those those elements that that I'm either in a love or hate, and that's that's Fred Armisen, who I've never, I've been more cold than hot on, and anything he's ever been. I I I don't see the appeal of Portlandia. I, I just mm-hmm. I just don't see it. You know, people he's, love that that stuff. He's in it for an episode. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, just that, an episode, that makes right? Feel better then. Yeah, yeah, he's in for an episode. Um, he looks good as Fester. I haven't seen the episode, but like the like brief little clips I saw in like trailer or whatever, he looked good. And I was like, I'm I'm interested. I enjoyed the goofiness of him. I didn't think uh, he himself, like the actor himself, made such a um, iconic moment with the character. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't. What's his, who played the the one in the night? I can't remember his name now. Christopher uh, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd did this outrageous, like ridiculous one. So he made it kind of more iconic. And like the original one was goofy, but I found Christopher Lloyd did a better job. He really took that like whole level of insanity. Ooh. Um, to a different level of fun. Well, well, if you watch the original series, though, Jackie Cooper was way more insane than Christopher Lloyd was in those. Well, it was the- it was for TV too, though. Yeah, I saw the TV series. I have it on DVD, and mm. I also was obsessed with the the Halloween uh, special, the movie. Um, I just I don't know. I think I like Christopher Lloyd better. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because yeah. I saw him first. But I just thought he had um, more to it. Like he just louder with the character. Not saying that the original wasn't. I thought the original was fucking awesome. I just think Christopher Lloyd had that step above. Uh, this one I find he's like he's good. 
Like, he's not bad. He's enjoyable. He's funny. But he doesn't bring a new element. He doesn't go above and beyond. The other two are better. That's my yeah. opinion of Uncle Fester. But, but, but can he dance to Mamushka? This is the question I have in my mind. You know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the feeling I, is like a background. They're very, that, very that's, And that's the way it should be because it's Wednesday's yeah. show, right? Yeah. So, Wednesday yeah. is the main focus. Wednesday is the storyline. It's all about Wednesday. And I, I love it. I just thought it was good. It was um, it just fun. It was just fun. <laughs> right on. Uh, Gary, you have anything you watched lately you want to talk about? T- TV too. Um, I-, I watched, you know, over the past couple months, uh, the entire run of Letterkenny on Hulu. I-, I I feel so much closer to Ontario now than ever before, and um, <laughs> it- it- in a wonderful way. You know, I-, I I enjoy the show. I've rewatched certain episodes, and um, I hear there's great fishing in Quebec. This is what I hear from people. You know, <laughs> um, Quebec. It's wonderful. Yeah. Quebec. Great yeah. fishing in Quebec. I fucking hate Quebec. It's so good. You know? Okay, yes. so you just need to watch a bunch of uh, Hallmark movies, and then you'll get to see North Bay. No, I don't want to watch those, yeah, though. They're bad. You get to see my, my town. Yeah, <laughs> they're, good for you. they're good for your soul. I just what? can't stand to watch them. Yeah. series that's recorded in North Bay? Hold on. Give me, give me two seconds. I'm going to figure this out. Okay. If there's one thing Gary loves is Canadian melodrama, okay? It, it started with the grassy and just it just exploded since then, see. And not yeah, yeah. the grassy, the the ones the kids are used to. I'm talking about PBS. Fuck it looks like they got vastly in the lens, you know. Mm-hmm. Joey Jeremiah selling fake drugs to the kids to grassy, you know. <laughs> The Lake is filmed in North Bay. The Lake? Oh, nice. Yeah, so the TV series The Lake is filmed in North Bay. So, had anybody seen The Lake that is filmed around here? No. I, I couldn't go to, like, Toronto. I could be go stalking the Riverdale cast, and, you know, that'd be, mm-hmm. be a bad scene, you know. It's uh <laughs> Just just watch a few of the movies that are in North Bay, and then you'll be able to like. Stop I, I don't want to though. No, nobody needs to see that, Lee. I'm sorry. I just think it's funny. Like this this area is not a big area. Like it, it just it's not as if we have like a big city or anything like that. The, the only the only cool thing about movies being shot on your street is that it shuts down your restaurant, and they have to pay money to do that. Yeah. That, that's that's about the only cool thing. The, the most important question is: Have you met Mario Lopez? Because that would be pretty dope. If I met Mario Lopez, you know, or or, or Lacey Chabert, you know, just rectify that. Bummer. Oh God, La- Lacey Chabert! <laughs> I, I'm gonna sound like a total fucking prick right now, but it's like, man, she missed the fucking window to just like show her titties a couple times in films. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia Stiles was at Lou Dogs at the restaurant that I work at. Okay. What about Danica McKellar? You know, because that's my my childhood obsession. Uh, old Winnie yeah. Cooper there from the Wonder Years. Mm. She does those pictures now too. There's um, Carter. Carter was filmed in North Bay, so that's the one with. Uh, oh yeah, my secret identity, dude. Right, uh, yeah, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. So Jerry O'Connell um, was like buddy buddy with me when I was in North Bay. He invited me to the. Uh, Nice. The um, the the my God, the thing where they show the first episode. Um, so the premiere. 
The screening, yeah. The preening, 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 the premiere. The preening, yeah. Um, yeah, he invited me to that, and I ended up like at the after party, hanging out with him, like and uh, the crew and everybody else. It wasn't just me and him. That's kind of creepy. Um, no, it was a big group of us that he invited, but I was one of them, and I was just the good life employee. So I was like, oh, that's awesome, because the rest were like cast and crew and other people who like did stuff for him. Yeah, there, there's a good uh, life employee got to like yeah, hang out. Yeah, with him. and there, there, there's a picture of you, and there's several pictures of you and Jerry O'Connell on your Facebook profile somewhere. No, there's only that's, one. Uh, it's my, oh, it's the only one? Prom pose. I did my prom pose with him. That's, oh. That's good old, that's good old cue ball there from Sliders. He'll take care of you. He's okay. You know, I'm sure. You know. <laughs> he won't always get you home, apparently, because of the show premise. But, um... Some version of your world, man. I used to, I, I used to love Sliders, and then it's like it's one of those shows where it just kind of shit the bid after like what three seasons or something like that. You know, just kind of something like that. It's like yeah. it's, let's trade it myself for my twin brother, and you guys are like that, right? Not really. No, you know? no. The the <laughs> the wish the wish dot com O'Connell all of a sudden shows up and is like, no, we don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, oh my god, that reminds me of a freaking Hallmark movie that I watched once where the twins who didn't know they were twins swapped places and they ended up living each other's lives and it was the most ridiculously dumb movie with the most anticlimactic climax. <laughs> it was if, as if like someone's like masturbating you and you're about to come but they stop entirely and your body is like at that point where it's like I gotta come anyway and you just have the orgasm without an, a sensation of an orgasm. Like you, I've, I've had that happen before. That's not fun. That's that's exactly how I can explain this movie. Like it just it just happens. It's just okay. Oh, no. oh it's done. <laughs> oh, r- r- real quick. Watch Tulsa King uh, on Paramount Plus. Oh yeah. It's uh, Sylvester Stallone's first TV show ever, and it's produced by Taylor Sheridan. And I uh, I don't know what it is about this man bringing stuff out of people, but this is probably the best thing he's done in at least a decade. So nice. go uh, go check it out. Uh, him playing gangster in in in, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it's 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 better than it sounds, people. So I put it that way. You know, I've seen a lot of people saying it's good. Yeah. Um. The only thing I'm going to mention is, uh, and I just watched it tonight, actually, earlier tonight, uh, Senior, the uh, documentary that just came out on Netflix from uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his wife uh, produced this, and it's a documentary about uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s dad, Robert Downey, and uh, prolific indie filmmaker, counterculture filmmaker, um, did a lot of important films that kind of flow under the radar these days unfortunately quite a bit Putney Swope Putney Swope um, is probably the one most people know Greaser's Palace another one we did that on the podcast quite a while back um, I love this so much it's going to be on my best of uh, list for for this year um, it made me cry like a little fucking bitch yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. why I'm staying away from it right this second because I did take time to to sit down and get ready to weep because they they did that thing in a trailer where mm-hmm. they just dump uh, father and son by Cat Stevens in a trailer mm-hmm. and it was like this makes it exponentially worse for my emotions. Yeah, you know, it's-, <laughs> it's it's so good. Um, like it, this easily could have like been 
really exploitative and it's not at all like it, it it's such a neat premise where it's like robert downey jr is going to shoot this documentary about his dad and this started like early on like a couple years back when you know he was you know he was already diagnosed with parkinson's and it's like you know he's probably not got long to go so we're just gonna like try to do this it's gonna be kind of like home movies for the family kind of thing at the same time and it's very touching it's very poignant it's i think it you know it it doesn't go deep into the fact that you know there is some tension between father and son because you know uh robert downey was very very uh liberal with his kid uh in the 80s where it's like i'm gonna bring you to hollywood and i'm gonna let you do whatever drugs you want to do and uh that kind of fucked up robert downey jr for quite a while very well known in the in the press and the public you know his 20-year struggle with like basically getting clean and and changing his life and turning things around and it doesn't really dig into that a lot like you you can and and i think it's it's kind of sweet to see that that was an issue between them but they kind of resolved it by just loving each other and and they and they they you know sometimes you don't necessarily have to talk through things if if you spend enough time with each other and make your relationship good and it yeah, I'm gonna I'm, about things is great <laughs> sometimes <laughs> but sometimes but sometimes it can work sometimes it can work and they and I mean it, it feels like they did talk about it to some extent but you know there's there were still some like issues there but like you can see the love they both have with each with each other you see Robert Denny senior uh how his mind works in this film where it's like you get the impression that this is all he does all the time when he was alive where he always was thinking in terms of shooting stuff for film because um, almost all of his dialogue in this film where you know when, when they're filming him and he's talking he's just like oh we could do this with this shot and this would be really good and we set this up and uh we can we we could frame it from here or redo it and and it's just you can see how his mind works and it's pretty fucking interesting to see um and i yeah i loved it i'm not going to talk about it too much more in detail because if i would if i started getting into it i'd probably probably start tearing up honestly because it's a very touching little documentary and uh it's it's kind of a beautiful little like late period family album that uh the downey family shared with everybody i i, I kind of feel like it, it's it's not as much a documentary as it is kind of like a home movie so it's it's very very good yeah, highly recommend it if you want to cry like a little bitch. <laughs> fucking Yusef, man. That's Yusef, Cat Stevens. Mm. Every time I watch a fucking movie, does it I cry, cry my ass out. Oh, not every movie, but it, it, it's weird now. <laughs> different films do weird stuff to me. Like, I can't watch Frequency on the wrong day mm-hmm. because, uh, if you don't know that film, that's the film in which Jim Caviezel finds his dad's old ham radio. He starts to communicate with his dead father over it and yeah. prevents him from dying and whatnot. So that combined with the Garth Brooks songs that go with song that goes with it, uh, could really fuck me up on the wrong day, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what movie fucks me up every time, but I still watch it. Oh, Mambo Italiano. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Every time they have the one scene where they fight, and it's the they're trying to um, uh, make their son. Oh yeah. And he just kind of loses his mind at that point where he's like, "I'm done with you guys." Um, that part, and then the part where the family realizes they fucked up, like the parents realize they fucked up, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Thanks God for bringing my son back to me." Like when he realizes, like, "Hey, I love my son even if he's gay." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Thanking God." It's like I, I'm not a big religious person, but it was just that beautiful moment of them realizing, like, they were the ones. It wasn't religion that. Um, did no, it, it was the core of the character coming out. Yeah, and that, yeah. That, that every time that part pop, pops up, I like ball my eyes out. I think it's just because I know so many families where um, there's people my age and older who are just reconnecting with family members who are finally accepting that their children's homosexual or bi or whatever trans. Just just queer in general. Yeah, yeah. queer. I, I, uh, I, I, so that movie gets me every time. I, I made the mistake of watching Jack the Bear after my mom died. This is an underrated Danny DeVito movie that he plays alcoholic father and he directed it. There's a point because the mother died in a car crash and the son starts to break down finally. Like, you know, addressing this with his father that the mother's passed on he can't handle it. And like, just no, I can't do this right now you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh well so done with the pre- done with depressing shit yeah we're, we'll, we'll, we'll end that <laughs> well, well we're, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and talk about shooter uh i don't know about you guys but the people who shake hands with danger are those who don't learn beforehand what they're getting into you ungodly warlock You come to the right place. My name is Gary, and I'm your guide to Cinema Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better, and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet. All right, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. Oh, slaps. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Citrus Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Cinema Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder.
you ungodly warlock. All right, Shooter from 2007, and we have a trailer. Eight hundred seventy yards from closing. Fire one ready. Bubbly swagger. You're a hard man to find. I'm not hard enough. It's going to be an assassination. The shot will be taken from beyond a mile. Five or six men in the world make a shot like that. We need you to stop it. Out of all the men alive on the planet, you're one of the few people who knows what to look for. From the director of Training Day. This guy knows what he's doing. You gotta take him. This is set up. Take him. Take him now. The would-be assassin, Sergeant Bob Lee Swagger. I didn't do whatever they said I did. I'm in some bad trouble. I need some help. Swagger is still alive. Kill him. Well, you was going to spend a lot of time and money teaching me how not to die. This is a Delta level clearance request. He's trained to encounter intel. This guy's good. There's gonna be more shooting, more people are gonna die. I didn't start it, but I mean to see it through. He believed in honor. We got him. How could you miss? He'll settle for justice. This is about to get worse. We're never gonna stop chasing you. Mark Wahlberg. What if it's a trap? Oh, it's a trap every time. Question is for him. I have something you want. Where are we meeting? Somewhere I can see you. Coming from a long way off. Shooter. Directed by Anton Fuqua, and you may know him from such movies as Training Day, Olympus Has Fallen, uh, the actually surprisingly good remake of The Magnificent Seven. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, more uh, more stuff uh, with Denzel Washington, the Equalizer, and Equalizer Two, which are also also both very good. He makes a lot of underrated movies, in my opinion. Yeah. Know. I, I totally agree. Although um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what co- comes of the critical examination of Emancipation, which is the new Will Smith movie that's going to be out. Yeah, <laughs> which is supposed to be an Oscar bait movie, but it's like Will Smith can't win an Oscar now. So <laughs> even Southpaw, which I think is an underrated boxing movie, you know, with mm-hmm. um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I enjoy that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got writers here, Stephen Hunter, who is responsible for the book series that this is based upon. Um, so he basically did the Bob Lee Swagger series of books. Uh, I think Point of Impact is the one that this one is based upon. And uh, the TV series, too, that eventually came about in like 2017-ish. Uh, I think the first season kind of just remakes this movie, honestly. Uh, it seems like I've never watched it. Um and as far as like script goes, we got Jonathan Limkin here. Uh, interesting filmography here. Honestly, only like like fear like four movies or something he did. Uh, Devil's Advocate, Lethal Weapon Four, Red Planet. Very <laughs> kind of diverse there. And he actually wrote on the Shooter TV series as well, apparently. So uh, there you go. You know the Ned Beatty speech you played at the beginning of this, and Network. the speech, this, this, this speech that um. 
Al Pacino gives at the end of Devil's Advocate. Mm-hmm. It, it lines up now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it, do, it does. <laughs> and I mean, the Ned Beatty speech in this is kind of like a rip from his role in Network as well, right? From mm-hmm. the 70s. So, yeah. Uh, have you seen Devil's Advocate there, Lady Lindsay? I don't think I have. No. Oh, it's an insane, it's insanely good piece of trash. I'll say that. Yeah, right it's it's right it's right in the period where Al Pacino's going overboard, and it's like it's a new thing where it was like, oh wow, what, what's Al Pacino doing all of a sudden? You know, and he's just like, oh, he's just kind of growling throughout his movies. Basically, is this what he's doing? But it, it's kind of compelling. At least it was for a while. Uh, so we got we got our stars here, Mark Wall. Is Bob Lee Swagger, quite the name. Of course, uh, this is Marky Mark. He's better known as back in the day roles that he's known for Boogie Nights, The Departed, Ted and Ted 2. Very enjoyable films. And uh, Pain and Gain, which is probably one of. um, What's his fucking name? I'm blanking on his goddamn name, the director of Pain and Gain. did all the Transformers movies. Uh, Michael... Michael uh, Bay. Michael Bay. There you go. Pain and Gain. One of his best movies. Actually proves he's a decent director instead of just doing shitty, floppy bullshit. Um, we got Michael Pena here as Nick Memphis. Uh, he's been in stuff like Million Dollar Baby, The Lincoln Lawyer, End of Watch, The Martian, and uh, a lot of people know him these days from the Ant-Man films. Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um He's very enjoyable as that, and the kind of in the sidekick role yet again in in those. By the way, Nick Memphis, the most Latin name I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Not really, but you know, Nick Memphis. Is yeah, the yeah. Name this movie. Yeah. You know. We talk about Bob Lee. Bob Lee Bob? Swagger. My- well, he's already white, so he's already there. Wait, Bob, my dad. So you know, me. we are him. <laughs> You you are Bob Lee and you both have swag, yeah. and you and your dad both have swagger. I will say that. Yeah, <laughs> we we are him. <laughs> but 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 I mean, come on, Bob Lee Swagger. That's a serial killer name in any other fucking medium. I just, like, I just laughed when I saw Bob Lee. I was like, oh, it's me and my dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the first. It's like the first time I heard Johnny Lee Miller. That can't be a, a British person's name, can it? Apparently, it is. Yeah. Bob Lee. Bob Lee. Hey, Bob Lee. Hey, Bob Lee. What's going on, Bob Lee? What are you doing, Bob Lee? Don't please don't fuck your sister, Bob Lee. Get 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 out of the get out of the hen house. My voice was to say his his name now. Jesus, Mm. damn it! Why did we do this a week earlier? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, We got Danny Glover here as Colonel Isaac Johnson. Of course, Lethal Weapon movies. he was in Predator 2, which we've covered on this podcast. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums, which I really enjoyed him in, even though he's just got kind of like a brief role in that. Uh, and uh, 2012, he played the president. The disaster movie 2012. Black president in that, uh, you know. And uh, and here here's something people should check out. I think it's a little underrated. Uh, he did the Badass trilogy with Danny Trio. Uh, little direct-to-video movies. They're not bad. They're not yeah. I enjoyed them. I, I thought they were pretty good. Every time you hear real Tenenbaums, I can think of, you know, him saying to Gene Hackman, you just call me Coltrane? 
He's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> talk some jive. I'll talk some jive. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I miss Gene Hackman so much. God damn it. I, I know he's retired and happy and doing his own thing, but it's like, God damn, I miss that guy. Oh, oh by the way, um, fellow uh, Hoosier, uh, Michael Rosenbaum received a wonderful gift from Gene Hackman. Uh, Superman poster says, to the second best Lex Luthor you love Gene Hackman. I thought it was spectacular. Holy fuck. Yeah. He, he made he made <laughs> Michael Rosenbaum's life right there. Holy oh, shit. It's, it's amazing. Sorry, yeah. continue. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, we got Kate Mara here as Sarah Finn. Uh, she was in the 2015 Fantastic Four movie, which I've never seen. I, I don't know if it. I don't know if it's any good or not. Um, I, okay, I was excited for it because they said it was going to be way better than the first one that they did, and then it came out and it died. So I was like, okay, so it wasn't that great. Everyone, everyone screamed woke because like the Human Torch was black or something like that. Like, come on, like whatever. Oh, I just think it was a bad movie in general. Like, I don't think it, it probably was bad. Like, uh, I'm sure, like. No one has really done the Fantastic Four all that great, except for like the the Corman one, which you know was a failed project. But uh, yeah, it's funny because like Kate Mara, I felt like I saw her so much during that time, and then she just like fell off the radar. She kind of did. Well, she's she's done a lot of TV, and here's the thing: like she she was in some movies like The Martian with with. Mark Wahlberg. Uh, no, Mark Wahlberg's not in The Martian. What do I think? I'm thinking of fucking Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. How how can I confuse Matt Damon of Mark Wahlberg? There, there's some big differences there. Um, I like the similar looks, though. Like kind of. They're, they're, they're kind of white guy of brown hair. Um, action star guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she did a bunch of TV stuff. She's she's uh, been in American Horror Story, 24, House of Cards. She's she's. I was looking at her IMDb, and she's done a lot of TV episodes in some pretty big series uh, over the last few years so that's kind of where her career is sort of gone uh we got we got the great elias coteus as jack payne um people you know growing up me and gary's age would be like he's fucking casey jones from the ninja turtles movies exactly yeah uh he's also in stuff like the prophecy thin red line zodiac and the Really, really good underrated remake of uh, Let the Right One In called Let Me In. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, uh, and he's great in that too. It's just like bald 1980s cop who is like on the trail of this vampire and shit. And he meets a real bad end in that movie. And it's very poignant. I I really liked it. Um, We got Rhonda Mitra here as I'm not going to say that name. No, I'm not going to say that name. That what? What is this character's name? Why did they call her that? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm uh, not even going to say a uh, 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 Lord Escalindo. Apparently, okay. You know. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, she's in here. Here's the thing. I didn't realize this, but I saw this back in the day. She's in the Christopher Lambert version of uh, Beowulf, which is the one where it makes it like a post-apocalyptic future Beowulf story. Which is crazy. Um, she's in Hollow Man, where she gets felt up. Or no, she doesn't get felt up. She gets peeped on. No, actually, she does get raped by Kevin Bacon. In that does movie, she right? get the, the nipple, the invisible nipple looking, or the nipple uh, sucking? No, that's a different character. But she does get like peeped on and raped by Kevin Bacon, oh, as the Invisible okay. Man, which is like okay. Um, 
that movie is scummy as fuck. Like that me that movie uh, makes me feel dirty, dirty when I watch it. It, it, it is a Paul Verhoeven picture. It is you know, in so many ways. Yeah, very, very Verhoeven. <laughs> oh hey, uh, guess what movie I picked? No. <laughs> uh, she's also in Gideon's Crossing, The Practice, and Boston Legal. So she did a bunch of TV as well, like Kate Mara here. Uh, and then we got uh, finally, uh, well, not yeah, fi- no, not finally. Uh, Raid Serbigia. I probably totally fucked his last name up, but um, I th- actually I think it's Rad Serbigia. Even it's not even Raid, whatever. Uh, but as Michael Sandor, and most people know uh, him from Mission Impossible Two, The Saint, and Snatch. Most importantly, um, and Euro Trip, Batman Begins. He's been in all kinds of stuff. Like his career really took off on this side of the world in the '90s, where he started appearing in like uh, you know North American movies. But he had a long fucking career, like in Europe, and like he's a native Yugoslavian. Uh, I was looking at his credits at IMDb. I was like, I don't know any of this stuff, and it's all in a weird language. I don't know, so it's like, eh. okay, uh, whatever. Uh, we got Levon. We got Levon Helm here as Mister Rate, and I was talking to Gary about this before we started the show. It's like, holy shit! Wait, he is that's Levon Helm from the band, the band called the band, the Canadian band that was a backup for Bob Dylan for many many years, um, and he was in a ton of uh, movies too, stuff like Coal Miner's Daughter and the Right Stuff. <laughs> I have a very special relationship with The Last Waltz. It's something I turn on. This is a concert movie uh, directed by Robert Martin Scorsese, if you guys don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I turn it on when I'm feeling down. So me, me and Levon Helm have, have a, a, a decent relationship together. You know? <laughs> and finally, and he is the reason for us doing this movie, uh, Ned Beatty as Senator Charles F. Meacham. And uh, we've, we've talked about him before uh, in his filmography. And uh, yeah, we can move on to the synopsis here. This is from someone called... I'm just slightly disappointed that we had nobody from... Um night uh what's it demon night demon night yeah though that seemed to be a theme that was going on for the first couple picks but you know you yeah, know we fucked up this time damn it Lee. well <laughs> we, we can make some new like connections maybe we can have like a whole ned Va- a whole shooter verse of, of selections from the ne- next couple times well because there's a lot of really good talent in this film um Let's see what what i picked yeah, well, well, we will see. Uh, Bob Lee Swagger, and this is a synopsis from Jay Haley at Hotmail.com from IMDb. So there's your email address. Let them know. Uh, Bob Lee Swagger, one of the world's great marksmen and son of a Medal Honor recipient, is a loner living in the Rockies. He left the military having been hung out to dry in a secret Ethiopian mission a few years before. He's recruited by a colonel to help find the way Uh, that the President of the United States might be assassinated in one of three cities in the next two weeks. He does his work, but the shot is fired, notwithstanding, and Bob Lee is quickly uh, the fall guy. Wounded and hunted by thousands, he goes to ground and, aided by two unlikely allies, searches for the truth and uh, for those who double-crossed him. All roads lead back to Ethiopia. You could have you could have killed that last line there, and then you have a perfect back of the box. Um, but yeah, that that that, that kind of works. That kind of works. Um, so I'll throw it over to you first, Gary. Uh, what are your sort of general thoughts on this one? Um, 
I, 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 I dig it okay. I mean, it doesn't really, you know, peg old, old Mark Wahlberg as an action star. He does actiony things in the movie. Uh, but I, I, I enjoyed um, this film for the most part. Not, not so much the politics all the way because I don't really understand a lot of and of what's going on, like why this Ethiopian minister or senator or whatever he is is so important. They really don't get into all that, and it's just like, hey. Is America? We eliminate people, and they <laughs> try to justify that through the two-hour runtime of this movie. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's 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 interesting. I, I like the aspects of him using his training. I'm I, I'm not a military person, so I couldn't tell you if this this training is still implemented within him. Um, the part where he's on the run and gets shot and kills the power of this 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 general store so he can get some supplies that the fact that they use science in there to say this is what he would do if he had to make his own IV and get back to to you know moving shape again mm-hmm. uh, get some sugar in you and make a homemade I, IV out of a, out of a, a hose from a truck and, and, back, a, and, a, and a needle use, you know yeah sugar used back in napoleon's time to treat wounds or whatever it was yeah. it was a little too much yeah but uh, i i i could appreciate that it kind of felt very first blood in that sense but mm-hmm. it was less interesting because it wasn't in the it, it wasn't in the woods so it was less interesting yeah yeah because yeah. one one big thing that um First Blood does so well is uses the environment that Rambo is in to 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 its advantage, and mm-hmm. this is just a lot of cityscapes and blah blah blah. So, um, um, Levon Helm, uh, best part about this movie was when he showed up. I'm like, yeah, this is this is next level. I I I, I think. I've discussed Baby Driver briefly with with you guys, maybe before I forget. But um, the part where where good old Paul Williams shows up and starts to discuss guns as as sides of mm-hmm. pork is a magical speech in that movie, and not much else is in that movie, but his speech is spectacular. Um, uh, another film I, I mentioned this on my 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 voicemail about in the days is filmed with a lot of great character actors and. Uh, Elias Codius, you mentioned him, uh, is very rapey in this film. I thought it was Christopher Maloney at first <laughs> from from Law and Order SBU. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was, can see the confusion. It looked they're, a they're lot very like similar. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're very similar. But yeah, but, uh, his sidekick, his sidekick. I'm sorry, um, his sidekick, Michael Pena, Nick Memphis as as a stud. I think a big disadvantage is he didn't get a lot to do in this movie. He's kind of like, kind of like Bobby Lee Swagger's punching bag in this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> and pull, pulls the good, the bad, and the ugly thing at the end by putting a metal plate in his chest, hoping yeah. they're going to shoot him in the chest as, as the bait again. You know? Yeah, actually, not, uh, not good, bad, and ugly. That, it's uh, yeah, oh, uh, fist, fistful of dollars. Yeah, fistful of dollars. Yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're we Eastwood does that. Yeah. Um, my credit. I'm sorry. There you go. Oh yeah, she's yeah, ne- make mistakes most of the time. No, sorry, Lee. He's never. She is never invited back in the podcast after this episode. He's, he's, um, he's, then you he's, should just not have me as a co-host because I have very much made many 
made mistakes and movie mistakes and created different things and given unfactual facts about heights of actors where I messed <laughs> so I'm coming on once and I think he's safe yeah you know Tom, uh, Tom Cruise is a very tall man I'm true <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to be anything it's going to be so. me who gets us like thrown off interwebs interwebs yeah you'll, you'll get us cancelled it's fine it's, it's okay um Lady Lee, what what are your general thoughts on this? Um, so I want to say right now, okay, so Kate Myra um, does not impress me whatsoever in this movie. She's just very boring. Like the slap, <laughs> the slap on Bobby Lee is the most pathetic slap. It's just this. I don't even know. It didn't even look fake. It didn't even look like she was trying. It just looked like, hey, just slap him. I don't care how. Like, just slap him. And she's like, oh. And they're like, oh, let's put the sound effects in there. Like, it was really bad. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. Really bad and fake. That, that's just... <laughs> I don't know why. It just made me so angry. Uh, second, I knew right from the get-go that they were going to fucking kill the dog. I'm glad they didn't show it. They didn't, they didn't show the it. Fucking dog. Yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> just let the dog live. Like, just, and then, it, of course, of course, we have the vengefulness of the fucking person who kills the dog. Because how can we not? If there's a dog and the guy owns a fucking gun, he's gonna be stupidly fucking vengeful, and he's gonna fucking go on this tirade of bloodbath, where kill as many fucking people as possible. I don't blame him. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's, it's just a very predictable part. Like, it was only casually mentioned, but you're like, okay, he's gonna go way further than he needs to go because they killed his dog. Mm-hmm. Like that's just this is just a fact, um, and um, the uh, like what is it called the cinematography cinematography mm-hmm. was insanely gorgeous. I think that's the only thing that I really really loved about the movie. Like that, just some of the scenes that they caught were like breathtaking. Up in the up in the mountains, where they're like, if you look closely, you can actually see where Mark Wahlberg actually is in the sniper position. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of those shots and some of the intro shots too, where they showed like where they were. I think, in, in, yeah, in Ethiopia or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So some of those shots that they took were stunning like they were visually just breathtaking and i do like that because those are some of those movies where if they are slow and they take a little bit longer um when they have like really captivating cinematography i'm into it like uh, a good example is like lord of the rings because it tends to be like drawn out in some points and i have mm-hmm. a short attention span but because the scenery is so beautiful to look at uh i i stay into it the whole movie like even though it's three hours i stay into it this one um had some of it but um there wasn't enough action scenes to keep me entertained mm-hmm. and there was a, a storyline like the, the storyline was interesting um mark, mark Wahlberg did like a j- good job not a great job just like a good job like it wasn't i could see other people doing better like he did what he had to do to make it look good which is fine but i i think i would have preferred somebody else as the main actor mm-hmm um, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Danny Glover. He played such a good asshole. Like he just yeah, he's like, he's a piece of shit in this film. Holy fuck! Yeah, you you really hate him. And then when you played the bad guy, you want to hate the bad guy. So he does a fantastic job. Um, and then Ned Beatty 
is hilarious because the last time we saw him, he was like the horny uncle. <laughs> and now we see him as like, I guess, the horny senator because he made some comments. Not saying there was anything directed. They just like mentioned casually. Yeah. Um, he was he was good too because he again like anybody who played any of the bad guys I found were phenomenal because you really hated them like they made you cringe they made you like want to punch them in the face like um Elias as well yeah Elias Kateas he, he is he is he he fucking takes this movie for a walk in every scene he's in like he's, he's really so, good when he gets shot. Uh, him, even though he's supposed to be in the background, my attention's on him. Who cares about the fucking story? He's like, ah, uh, ah, like on the ground, <laughs> in pain. It's great. Um, him when he ends up with um, with Kate or Sarah. Yeah. Uh, that scene too. As much as it's a kind of like harder to watch because like she's there like topless. You know, she's uncomfortable. He's like over her where he's like basically showing he's in control like, mm. oh god he's such a fucking creep and again it's because he portrays that like, I believe it that's the thing like all the people who played anything um, the antagonists in these movies did a really good job you really they, fucking they, hated them they, they imply that he raped her right like mm-hmm. that, that's the impression I got that he, mm-hmm. he he had his way with her yeah and the way he was there at the beginning he had that like body language and the way he portrayed himself scumbag he was gonna do it yeah mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what I got from it. Um, the guy, uh, Nick Memphis was... I don't know. I think I prefer him in, like, funny roles. I just... It was okay. Again, um, protagonists didn't impress me that much. The antagonists, I was very much uh, intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Like, the protagonists were good. Like, it wasn't bad. It was good. But it wasn't great. It was just there, you're kind of saying, yeah. Yeah, it's good, but it's like a little bit better than um, some of the other stuff or some of the other people who could have done it, but not nearly as good as someone else. Like, that's, they were like a B, like a solid B. <laughs> yeah, th- this this film for me, I enjoy it in the sense that, like, this is kind of the thing you expect to see play on, like, TBS back in the 80s. Like, it, it's very much that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean... I, I do enjoy that it's R-rated, like it goes hard, um, because there's not a lot actually going on in the film necessarily. Like it, it's it's a movie that thinks it's fairly apolitical. Like it, you know, it's got it's got our hero here, Bob Lee Swagger, who is kind of like I don't like. I don't like the Republicans or the Democrats. I'm he's basically a libertarian. And this movie is kind of a libertarian's wet dream to a sense. Cause this is, this is what every like kind of libertarian asshole kind of thinks he would be if he had to rise up against the government or whatever. So, you know, even though this movie doesn't necessarily think it's too political, it actually is kind of political in a sense. And, but I'm not going to get into that too much. Like I feel like, it's so dumb that you don't have to care about the politics in it all that much because it doesn't get deep into the conspiracy shit. Uh, it, it's very well drawn out. Like who's supposed to be the good guy. Who's supposed to be the bad guy. Um, Mark Wahlberg is given sympathy because he has a dog that they kill and he's got like a thousand people coming after him. Otherwise he's a sniper and like I do have a problem with movies where they try to glorify like military snipers and stuff as like these super fucking heroes and stuff like snipers aren't cool dudes like <laughs> they they are they're sort of 
granted like the ultimate like i can sit from a distance and kill somebody and not have any repercussion at all kind of place and like they're they're, they're kind of like the first version of drone strikes at this point like what snipers used to do people on computers doing drone strikes now do for the most part um but like the movie wisely like you know we're gonna give we're gonna give Marky Wahlberg, you know, a little bit of time with his dog. You see, he loves his dog. His dog's really cute. We're going to mention that they killed his dog. So we're going to feel sorry for him, and we're going to want him to kill all these bad guys. And also, here's the thing, and Lee pointed this out, the bad guys are all massive pieces of shit. Like, they are... Everybody who's an antagonist in this film is so good that they act circles around Marky Wahlberg. And, you know, Mark Wahlberg... Honestly, this is my favorite role of his. I'm not a big fan of his at all. Like, I think he kind of sucks. Um, and I like him in this. He doesn't have to do a lot. Like, he's very stilted and kind of kind of cold. But I feel like that kind of works in the sense that, like, he's a guy who's made a living killing people, you know, for however, however many years. He, he probably would be pretty cold and fucked up. Um and I think the movie works on that kind of level where uh, it's, you know, action thriller that you can play on a Saturday on TBS or whatever. And, you know, you don't have to cut too much out of it from the theatrical version. And, uh, you know, it gives libertarians a boner and uh, it's, it's enjoyable enough to watch. Right. Like I, I don't even know, like, I just wish, like, even the action scenes themselves, like, there was some pretty uh, awesome sniper shots, uh, like, when they show the distance and stuff, like, it, the way mm-hmm. they, they filmed it. Um, I think, like, the film, yeah, filmography was great, like, I think the editing was great. Um, I just don't know, I, I, like we said, uh, Mark Wahlberg just was adequate, like, was, like, a little bit better than... Like, Matt Damon would have been better in this, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Honestly, I do agree. I do prefer and more sympathetic too. Yeah, uh, but even because um... this is kind of like a born picture in a way, right? Like it's it's very much yeah. like he he's he's a government asset who is betrayed and goes on the run. Yeah. Like it's very much born. It's very much but, Jason Bourne. I even but Kate Mara is not that great in this either. I like, I I, I, I wanna I wanna talk about her because fucking she has not done any fucking favors by this script but like when we first see her and this movie treats her like nothing but an attractive plot contrivance basically like she is basically a reward for swagger for saving the world at the end of the film basically it's like look how hot she is because like she literally walks into this movie like she just came out of a Cinemax sex scene from a late night Cinemax film and she's ready for the next sex scene. And, you know, and I, I, I don't feel comfortable necessarily saying that, but it's like the way she's presented in this and the way she looks like she's this very soft, curvy, 
beautiful looking woman who looks like like the way she's presented in this film she looks like a fucking porn star from a skinamax film right can we not mention too the scene where they're fucking she's crying and they're hugging and it's like our mouths are gonna be super close but we're not gonna make out this, yeah. like just bang already see with, with that accent in an 80s action movie she would have the three-year-old kid that she had before her dude her, her dead soldier husband dude made with her but he never seen and there would be a sex montage right after that scene mm-hmm. you know yeah they, they do they do modernize it a little bit like it, it goes away from the 80s tropes of like where he just like outright, outright bangs her like if this was like Jean-Claude Van Damme in the 90s doing this film he'd be banging her like non-stop but for some weird reason, like they bring her in and present her this way, and then they don't have them kiss. Like it, like if if you're gonna go like this formulaic with the film, follow the formula to the end. Like I'm I'm not gonna say it's great, but it's better than what they did with it. Because she's not given anything. She's just kind of a non-entity. This like she didn't need to be in this film. It could have been. It could have been about Michael Pena like helping swagger and Michael Pena's, you know, like uh, need to like uh, get redemption for his tarnished reputation. And it could have just been a dude bro movie. And you still got Rhonda Mitra as like the female lead doing her thing. Cause she's very assertive and interesting. And like, you know, she's helping Michael Pena. You could have went with that. You didn't need Kate Mara in this film, honestly. And I, I hate to say it like, because I'm not trying to shit on her, but, She's not given anything to do in this movie, but look really good in a bra. Yeah. She just looks hot. Like, there's nothing about her that impresses me. There's nothing about her. Like, her acting, her storyline, nothing. Like, even the fact that, even the story behind him and his... um, Spotter. Yeah, his spotter. Like, even that story. It's so poorly kind of brought up that... You could have literally had the mother or the father or the friend or the child of, like, I don't even know. Like, it just literally could have brought just anybody up because it didn't fucking matter who it was. Mm-hmm. You barely knew the guy. So why did it have to be if, unless, I don't know. I don't know. It was just, like, I don't even know. It could have been some fucking guy who was just a part of it who was at the ground and got shot or something and been like, oh, hey, it's that guy down there because there wasn't a real connection at the beginning. A slight, maybe he got really angry and he shot down that helicopter. But there was nothing afterwards where, like, you saw flashbacks or there was like something in his apartment or he like reflected on anything, anything that kind of like showed there, there's the no eventualness of his best friend. There, there's the yeah, there, there's no sense of a relationship between him and the spotter. Honestly, like they, they never do that. Even if said like the flower thing, then you're like, okay, but that's it. Like you don't really see anything or see pictures. Like reflect on any pictures. I mean, even in First Blood, you know, Rambo. The reason why Rambo comes to that town is to go visit his friend that he was with in the Nam, and he finds out that his friend killed himself because he mm. couldn't handle life after Vietnam. Right. But it was a real quick thing. After that, you get right into the mix. Of what was mm-hmm. going on, Rambo? But also, Rambo's a character study, right? So, like, yeah. it's very much deeply into what Rambo's about and what he's doing and how he's treated as he comes back from Nam and all that shit. This movie is not a character study of, of anybody because like no. Mark, Marky Wahlberg is just kind of there and it, it's a it's a it's a formulaic, you know, uh, action movie 
where everybody, you know, again, the protagonists do a decent job of like holding their place, but it's really about the antagonists. It's like it's everybody around Mark, Marky Wahlberg that does the great job. And Marky Wahlberg's just this, by the way, <laughs> I love this. How he's like on the computer, like let's see how what lies are telling us today, uh, Sam or whatever. He's talking to his mm-hmm. dog, and he's like, he he kind of predicts the uh, libertarian nine eleven truther dude, and the, like in the fake news and all that shit. Like I found that kind of funny. I think that was like a foreshadowing too, with like how these guys came up and said let's see the lies are telling us today i was like okay it's gonna be something about him getting backstabbed like that mm-hmm. was kind of the foreshadow so you kind of knew it was gonna happen yeah one of the biggest unrealistic things about this movie is the very end of the movie where mark Wahlberg just murders everybody but that's not even the biggest flaw pl- pl- of it uh senator's cabin bunch of dudes not one prostitute that whole place i, I don't believe that yeah one second you know yeah <laughs> if, if this was an 80s action movie they'd have whores dancing right in the middle of the fucking living room <laughs> there'd be cocaine on the table there'd be everything mm-hmm. if this is an 80s movie you know yeah, it, it it tries to be an '80s action movie without going as sleazy as it needs to to be that. Because I mean, Danny Glover and Ned Beatty be clapping cheeks in then then right in that fucking living room, but I mean they don't. So it's just like okay, I, still I I like it. I I kind of feel like this works uh, as a double feature. Uh, I, I think it kind of works as a companion piece to the Bruce Willis version of the Jackal in, in the sense that the Jackal's about the assassin and it follows him and all of his details. This follows a guy who was like trying to catch the assassin supposedly that was going to be, you know, killing the president or whatever. And then like, you know, it turns it on its head and, and he's on the run or whatever. But I, I, I think it makes an interesting double feature. Um, I think it would kind of work and like, you know, not the original Jackal from the like seventies, but the Bruce Willis one where the one where he's a master of disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that would actually be a kind of a good fucking double feature. Well, I like that movie a lot. actually. Yeah. I, I like it too. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think it's good. It, like it, it, it doesn't really hold a candle to the original. Like if, if they had just not called it the Jackal, it would, people would have said, oh, this is obviously a remake of The Jackal, but I don't think they would have shit on it as much. Because that movie didn't get a lot of like good fucking press. But, you know. Um, but I, I feel... Uh, well, here, here's the thing. I, I feel like this movie would have benefited from like 30 minutes cut off it. It's two hours long. It's too long. It has... Okay. First of all, fuck you for giving me another two-hour movie. Just saying. Right now. Well, um, I, I did. I did. I did tell Gary's like I, I forgot to tell her this was two hours, so she's running behind a little bit. But yeah, because yeah, I got home and I like was cooking dinner and stuff, and I was trying to get ready to watch the movie because I got off work like an hour early, but I had to go pick up Sasha. I had to like um, I was waiting for Ryan because he lost a plastic piece thing to do something, and it was just a big kerfuffle at work, and. Um, I finally got home and I made dinner and I'm like, okay, there's no way he gave me another two hour movie. He knows it. He knows me. And then I start the movie, which I ended up paying by the way, because, um, I couldn't get a stream of it. So I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to pay for it. Cause didn't, you didn't find it on F movies. No, it wasn't popping up for me. It wasn't working for me. Um, 
But I also, like, Ryan wanted to watch the movie with me, so I had to watch it on my TV, so I had to... If I find it on my Chromebook, if it's not streaming properly, it, like, fucking stutters a bunch. When, when, <laughs> when, so, so, tell, so tell me, how, how long before Ryan fell asleep? It was about... Uh, he lasted... I think it was about an hour. He lasted longer than I thought he would. There you go. But he was out. He was, like, totally out. And then I told... It's funny, too, because I told him, like, you have to go to the bedroom. I can't deal with your snoring tonight. I got a podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's getting coming on the couch. I'm like, no, no, no. Bedroom. Um, anyway. Um, what was I saying? I play, oh, yeah. It's two hours. Yeah. So, I... Forgot where... Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to pay for this because I need to watch this now because it's like nine o'clock and I know it can't be two hours. It just can't be. I still have time. I just have to hurry up to finish. <laughs> I have to, like turn it on. It's two hours and nine minutes. And I'm like, fuck you, Lee. Fuck you. <laughs> and I remember standing there, too. And it was like this movie. Like, I, I was like, you can't lie down. I cannot lie down. So there's me getting up and like doing stuff and grabbing this and doing whatever. I'm still watching the movie, but I'm like, if I mm-hmm. stay down, I'm going to fucking fall asleep. Like... <laughs> Uh, so fuck you. <laughs> well, I mean, I, to, to be fair, in my defense, I didn't realize it was two hours long. I thought it was much shorter. But then when I was watching, I was like, oh, fuck, this is two hours. And then when I got into the point where it's like he's hanging out with Rhonda Mitra and or, or no Rooney Mara. Yeah, when he's hanging out with Rooney Mara and he's like getting his wound tended to and shows like, oh, my God, this is 30 minutes that needs to be cut out of this film. Like... It, it, it works much better if you cut all the fat off this and this movie has too much fat on it like that that's true same 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 time i still like this movie quite a bit like i'm i'm not i'm not gonna lie i, I kind of like this movie i think it works even though you know even though there's plenty elements in it that don't but i i, I do think it kind of works because because I love seeing the bad guys get killed at the end like i it, the payoff for me is worth the shit in the middle that doesn't work. It it has a good storyline. Don't get me wrong. I do appreciate the whole backstabbing, even though I did predict it right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, they're just going to use him as like a fucking scapegoat. Um, I I still enjoyed that storyline. I still thought it was cool. I still thought uh, it had this whole idea of like... Going rogue on like a situation where they expect it to go one way, and he's like, "No, fuck you! I'm too good for that." Um, and again, like I said, there were some things I really appreciated. Like I, the antagonists were fucking awesome. The camera angle, like the the way they did the incredibly long shots, even the one with the fucking can of stew, mm. like that one. I still thought that shot, like the way they showed you visually was amazing like they did such a good job with that and then the shots through the head and all that stuff like it was great that was great but there was just so much that didn't need to be there there was the whole thing with the the yeah the the widow and there was this talk and everything in between where there was finally like a chase scene and the chase scenes weren't even that great and the action scenes were very minimal i just don't know it, it like it was like I don't know. I got like a bit of a a bit of an enjoyment with some of it, but it just wasn't enough to. I I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. It was okay. Uh-huh. Any final thoughts, Gary? 
Well, it's, it's good enough. Like, like you said, it's, it's, it's two hours long. Two hours and four minutes long is mm. a grand total. Of it was two hours and nine minutes. Well, maybe a credits or something, though. Yeah, it could have been cut somewhere. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, hey, you were going to be a nurse, but are you a nurse? You let me do like major surgery on my wounds. Is she even a seamstress? You know, I, these are questions <laughs> I ask myself. And, you know, I, I should have to ask these questions. He, either you know, she she did it himself. And if he's just much of a ballery company IV or something, he, he could stitch a he could stitch a wound like fucking Rambo does in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and he he, he can't do that. He, he he's mock. He's got a dog. He lives in the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and the whole. There's a whole plot there where, like, maybe there was a media scrum we weren't aware we weren't aware of. It's like, uh, the man killed his dog because he couldn't be left alone. You know, <laughs> she mentions she, she mentions that to him that he killed his own dog, and it's like this is all in the the, the Mark Wahlberg, uh, J- Jolie steak uh, media scrum that he's a dog mm-hmm. hater too, and yeah, it's 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 good enough though for for like I said, like you said, the bad guys keep you in it. I, I'd say yeah. not, not so much Mark Wahlberg, and that's that's the biggest flaw of this movie is that if you're gonna have him in this movie doing stuff like that and going to seek help from his spotter's widow, she should be the love interest in this movie that you don't need anyway. But yeah, at least you could say, hey, she has a point in this movie where she's gonna be in peril, and eventually he's got to go save her. You know, right? Besides that, it's meaningless. It would be like, okay, mm-hmm. she's just there. She happens to be the wife of, of, of my spotter, but we have no other connection besides that. You know, she's not yeah. doing stuff from throughout the movie. You know, it's more like M- Michael Pena is doing stuff that she should have been doing. Maybe right. maybe he teaches her how to her, her, teaches her how to use the rifle. Maybe stuff like that. She she's spotting for him now. See, or, or, we're writing a better movie. You know, or, or or maybe 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 Donnie Wahlberg and Michael Pena fuck. Like maybe that happens. You never no. know. I but it was I, I did that barn scene. You know, maybe that. There, you know. <laughs> I, I did have a problem with like him teaching Michael Pena how to be like an elite sniper all of a sudden, like in very little time. Like it's like I'm gonna train you now, Michael Pena, and how to like set up all these explosives with me, and and how to how to shoot very well, and like the stuff that I probably did like ten years in sniper school doing. I'm gonna show you in like two days, and we're gonna take down like fifty guys who are gonna attack this cabin I'm in. I was like, okay, oh. you're stretching credibility a little bit here. To, to, to be fair, he does have FBI training, so he probably has some kind of marksman training, but like with a Maybe. with a handgun, not not with a rifle. Yes, it's, it's there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's just um, yeah, yeah. I just love. By the way, I just love how every other sniper in this whole entire scenario of this movie cannot shoot somebody in the head. <laughs> I was like a sniper with a machine, so obviously it's a lot less accurate. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other guy who went to go shoot. Um, my God, I just had his name. I've been drinking tonight. I apologize. Nick Memphis. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the people that they had, their snipers that they had, that went to shoot Nick Memphis and shot him in the fucking chest. Well, he did. No way. He did do him sitter mass, though. Like, that would have been an instant kill without the fucking metal plate. I get that, but you want, like, 
body because the chances are people can wear body armor and they know that yeah but sit, sit, but center mass is a better target that that actually makes sense I again but it's one of those things where I feel like they would consider the fact that someone does wear body armor because they have to think like if they do like the head is unprotected they don't know what's under the the, the jacket yeah so I, I honestly believe because I was like as soon as he got shot and he landed on the ground I was like he's wearing a chest plate like me who's watching the movie thinks of that right away I think somebody in the FBI I could be totally wrong but I feel like somebody in the FBI who's like I cannot see their chest they're wearing a massive huge coat a winter coat they could have extra protection under I should just shit him in the head I, like, I I kind of feel like so the people that are shooting at Michael Pena in that scene they're like army snipers of some sort special forces of some sort and the weapons they're using like the sniper rifles they're using you could be wearing like you could be Kevlar to fuck and they're still going to penetrate. And kill but that's you. what I mean, because there are two people, one person, the FBI and the other person who's uh, military trained, they would think they're going to go above one step beyond. Like that's mm. like I, I, I that's because I, I automatically like I knew the bullets were huge. I knew everything. But I'm like, no, that's the reason why they wanted to be in this like crazy winter area so they could wear extra armor. Like that's that's me thinking. And again, like in that situation, I feel like they would just take the headshot because they don't know what they're wearing under that jacket. If it's somebody else who has like a, a t-shirt on or something where you can kind of see it, yeah, sure, go for the fucking chest because you're guaranteed, you know. But this is somebody who cannot tell, like is wearing huge amounts of clothing, which by the way, I don't know if you noticed, it was fucking snow everything craziness and Kate was wearing this little leather jacket. She was dressed for the club. Like, she, she really was. Her midriff was showing. She was wearing jeans and she was wearing this little winter jacket. Like, leather jacket with maybe had some little bit of fleece in it. I'm mm. sorry. I don't even live in the fucking mountains. I live in a fucking town where, yeah, it gets cold here. Not nearly as cold as fucking up north or anybody at the fucking top of goddamn mountain. I freeze down here when there's that crazy amounts of like snow and shit and breeze and you could see well not snow but like breeze and shit you can see it they're supposed to be cold and then the yeah. Mark Wahlberg just takes off a jacket no problem like um hey. sorry have you hey. I, have you been anywhere like literally you take off your jacket you freeze right away unless it's like beaming sun and the snow is like making snowballs which wasn't it's fucking freezing. Hey, That's listen, listen, snow. listen, listen, Lee. You got to realize he is Bob Lee Swagger. He yeah, doesn't Lee. get cold. It's Mr. Bob Lee. Bob Lee Swagger don't get Bob cold. Lee. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it's just like I, I am that person. I, I love the cold. I like today in the restaurant, people were talking about how. It was cold in there, and I was perfect. And I was like wearing the t-shirt, and all of them were wearing sweaters and shit. And they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, no, oh, oh, no, oh, no I like, get it. No, no, I'm good, I'm good." And then this fucking guy comes out, takes off his jacket, and just stands there, like, "Yeah, cool. I'm gonna put my hands in the snow. I'm gonna put my body in the snow. I'm gonna be in the snow." Like, yeah, no, no, this is this is not realistic at all. Her with the fucking little letter jacket, like, no, no, you're gonna freeze. Like, you're gonna freeze. Then the snow was sticky. The snow wasn't st- like you want to know how I could tell that it was fucking cold. The snow wasn't sticky. If the snow was sticky, like you could make a snowball with it. Oh, absolutely, it's warm. Like, I've been on the hill like that. But this was, like, legit, like, the fooey snow that you know it's cold out what, there. What, 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 if, what if I told you all that snow is fake? It was all just fucking uh, so- sh- soap shavings. Yes, I know that. 
But what is, is well, I can't, I, I can't, I can't back that up. I don't think that's true. I think they filmed in snow, but you know, they might have filmed in snow, but they might have filmed in the, no, they filmed in snow for sure, like because of where they were. Yeah, no, they added uh, fake snow on top of it on a warmer day to try to make it look cool. Maybe, maybe I don't know because the snow on top was not real. Like it wasn't real snow because. I, I, snow, real snow is very difficult. Like, I know this. These are professionals. They they know what they're doing. Don't don't question. Don't question Bob Lee Swagger. And yeah. Don't, don't question fucking, Antoine Fuqua. The fucking girl with jeans and a fucking leather jacket outside in the winter. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's just it's Kate Mara. She she's a tough bitch. Cool. That's all. That's all you need to know. But yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think we I think we've made our thoughts uh, clear on this one. I like it a bit more than I think uh, my two compatriots do here, but um, and then I still acknowledge highly flawed movie. <laughs> Very highly flawed movie. But it's I, I feel like it's enjoyable trash. Um, budget for this was 61 million, made 95.7 million, so you know, it did okay. It, it didn't necessarily fucking rock anyone's socks off or anything like that, but it, it did okay for itself. Um, you can find it on 4K, Blu-ray, regular Blu-ray, DVD, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Prime, and Vudu. You can also rent it on YouTube as well, if you so desire. And you can also find some, you know, fucking uh, uh, illicit places to find this one as well. Um, one trivia note here. According to the movie script, Clint Eastwood... Robert Redford and Harrison Ford passed on the movie, and these men would have fit the literary Bob Swagger's age a bit more closely than Mark Wahlberg, who was born in 71. Author Stephen Hunter introduced Swagger as a Vietnam veteran in the 1993 novel taking place in 1992. However, to accommodate Wahlberg's age, this film has Swagger active in Africa in the 1990s instead of Vietnam in the 70s. Uh, Also, Keanu Reeves was one of the original choices for this before uh, Wahlberg got it. So they picked everybody else first before they picked Marshall. Yeah, he's... I'm not going to say anything bad about Keanu Reeves because he plays the the deep thinker very well. Like, he play, has that, like, very uh, monotone... Um, yeah, monotone face. Like, it's not... Doesn't show I th- a lot of emotions. I, I think I think Keanu Reeves could have done a better job than fucking Wahlberg did in this. Yeah, I, I just I do agree. I just feel like his monotone acting, like because he does that like monotone thing where he plays that very intense, like vengeful person. Uh, it works well though. Like it does work well for what he does. Like I mean, him 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 is- him doing an early John Wick in this. I mean, you you already got the dog being killed and stuff. Like it, it kind of works. Yeah. When you think about it. But he just doesn't have like that expression of emotion, which I think is really good in that situation because it's a military person who's been damaged and they tend to be like uh, emotionally mute. Like they don't show. They just very like monotone when it comes to their feelings, which it makes it very. I think it looks better because it just shows someone who has been damaged. And I find that with John Wick, he's just been through so much that there's no emotion that shows. And I just I prefer that. Yeah. Like Mark Wahlberg looked like he tried too hard versus like. Keanu Reeves does that like naturally. Keanu's kind of going, "Whoa, Kate Mara, show me your tits." <laughs> yeah. Maybe she would have made out with him. I mean, she probably would have made out with Keanu Reeves over Mark Wahlberg if she has any taste. She probably would have. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Lady Lee. 
The time is here. The time is now. What are we doing next time? Um. All right. So I picked. Um. I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong again. Elias. Elias Kiotis. Yes. Koteus. Whatever it is. Yes. And uh, I almost picked the Ninja Turtles. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was I was very tempted to, but I did not. Um, so it's actually Ryan who mentioned the movie because he's absolutely obsessed with this actor. And it's um, at pupil. At pupil. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said it's one of his favorite movies, and he like not favorite, but like one of his top that he enjoys watching. I enjoyed watching because mm-hmm. he said it was like a very fucked up movie. It is a fucked up movie. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that one. It sounds very interesting. I mm-hmm. watched the trailer for it. Um, I probably fucked myself because it's guaranteed it's going to be a long movie. But <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know. I don't recall if it is or not. Honestly, it, I, it is a Stephen King adaptation, but uh, my, I, I don't recall it being super long. So. Yeah, so there was a few other choices. I there was like there were so many choices though. Like there were so many fucking actors in this one mm-hmm. that I was like, oh man, I could do this one. I could do that one. And I was so tempted to do Ninja Turtles. I was like so <laughs> tempted to like twist it and be like, yeah, let's do this one. But this one looked a really weird and fucked up. So I just cool. to go with it. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be apt pupil next, and we're gonna. <laughs> Shit, I might. Uh, An hour and fifty-one minutes, so I went under my two-hour limit. <laughs> you did, you did. Fuck, I kind of feel like I'm gonna try to get Daniel on in a week early too, get him for a couple episodes in a row because he'd probably want to talk to this one. It's full of Nazis, so. Yeah, I was thinking of him too when I picked it. I was like, hey, this could be something you should talk about. Yeah. So. That is my choice. Yeah. There we go. App Pupil is going to be the next film we do. Uh, Gary Hill, we always love having you on, brother. And uh, please tell people where they can find you and what's coming up with you. Uh, pretty much anything you can find um, is on the Butcher Shop feed with me. You can go to your local podcatcher and type that in, and all, all my shows will pop up on there. Just about. Um, showed with Lee and Cameron. Uh, Last call of torches. Still, still chasing that that Walter Hill rainbow, and mm-hmm. they start to get. They're, they're still going pretty good right now. We we uh, talk. We're going to talk about racist uh, James Belushi in the next episode, and that can get <laughs> sketchy. We'll see what happens next with that. Um, <laughs> stuff in the can that's not out yet this is the problem with me uh we have a two treatment commentaries on the visitor which is a mm. bonkers film about aliens and such you got yeah, um, franco nero space jesus yeah space jesus yes indeed uh episode my, me and iris did for upset beef where we did the cell and we did dreamscape mm. um those two films together we have more stuff coming with that um, other stuff too. Big, big thing though. Um, I think it's the second weekend in January. Fleas and Flicks charity auction is happening again. A lot of interesting items in there. Uh, stuff I got recently. A couple nice Derek Mears prints. Uh, one, one from Swamp Thing and one from Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, which is an underrated fun film. 
in which she plays um, Edward, the, the troll in that movie, just beating the crap out of people. Um, <laughs> Stephen Dorff, I got I got a Deacon Frost picture from Blade in that mix. As far as donations go, Doug Bradley donated a picture. Nice. There's there's tons of other stuff in that mix. Brink Stevens is in that mix, and oh, yeah. tons of stuff. I have, to, I have to post all of it and I make the event page. And but uh, this is a worldwide uh, auction, it, depending if you're willing to pay for shipping or not. Of course, because shipping get pretty expensive to like Australia and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or you can go into the event page. The items be listed individually, and you would uh, bid in the comments. And then this all goes to the South Suburban Humane Society. All, any any proceeds. This is a no kill shelter in Chicago Heights, Illinois, and uh, they need stuff like food and blankets and you know all kinds of stuff because they're pretty full up a lot of the time. And go go adopt or foster a a, a senior dog. They, they they need your love, man. They they do. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. It's not all about it's not all about puppies. They, them senior dogs need some love too. You know. Adopt, don't shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I massively agree with that. All my animals are adopted. Yeah, and uh, you know we will uh, promote that as as it goes on to on, on this podcast as well. And I I plan on bidding on that one too. Uh, last time I bidded on uh, on that charity, I lost out, uh, but uh, it, it was it was for a worthy cause. So. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'll encourage people. You know, when the time comes, when it when it opens up, uh, we'll bid on that. We're, the, we're very much worthy cause, and you get some cool shit, some nice signed photographs and, and stuff from uh, great stars. So yeah, Lady Lee, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me at Mighty Tiny All Star on Instagram, where I will post you anything that has been uploaded on our podcast. If Lee Russell um, sends me the picture to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he didn't do it last week. Just saying. Wait, wait. Oh, for the in the chat, and he didn't send me the picture. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit more sensitive about that podcast, where it's just like I. I don't. I get a little introverted and don't promote it as much. Well, I am lying to the people when I say I post stuff. That's why I say only when he sends me the picture. Yeah, no, this is true. true. Whenever she doesn't post something, it's more my fault than it is hers. Um, And you can find us, of course, at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find all of our podcasts. Uh, Go to the Facebook group. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook. That's the best way you can get in touch with us and find out what's coming up on the podcast and, you know, give recommendations for movies you want to see us do and shit like that. You know, even though we have our thing where we're, you know, pick a movie, then pick an actor from that movie and pick from their filmography for our next movie. We're always open to like, you know, taking a week and like doing a recommendation or whatever and stuff like that. You know, we we just give ourselves a general little path and every once in a while we'll divert. That's always been kind of what this podcast does anyway. So yeah, don't, don't feel squeamish. Suggest a movie for us to do. And, uh, Oh man, I always picked a Christmas movie just to like fit into the December theme. I mean, we could find something. But there was there was one of them that he was in, and I was like, I'm going to do this one, but I opted not to. Well, you you still got time, so like you know, we're gonna do we're gonna do what you picked next time, which is you know the weekend of the tenth or whatever. Then we're doing a we're doing a special Albert Fune double feature, potentially on the seventeenth with uh, returning OG host Daniel. Uh, but that still gives us two weeks in December 
that we could do something. So there's the possibility for like finding a Christmas something from somewhere in one of well, these filmographies. We'll see. Like once we get to the end, we'll see if there's an actor that isn't one that we should do. Yeah. We'll try. We'll try to get what good one. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah. And yeah. but but, you know, until then. Uh, thank you, Lady Lee. Thank you very much, Gary, for uh, guesting on. Always great to have you. Yeah, thank and you. yeah, and thank you all for listening. And we'll be back when we're back. Goodbye. Bye. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white He would always win the fight Bang, bang, he shot me down Bang, bang, I hit the ground Bang, bang, that awful sound Bang, bang, my baby shot me down When I grew up, I called him mine He would always laugh and say Remember when we used to play Bang, bang I shot you down, bang, bang You hit the ground, bang, bang That awful sound Bang, bang I used to shoot you down Music played and people sang Just for me the church bells rang Goodbye, he didn't take the time to lie. Bang, bang, he shot me down. Bang, bang, I hit the ground. Bang, bang, that awful sound. Bang, bang, my baby shot me down. listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.